I had thought that like having a loving relationship just wasn't on the table for me. I didn't think I was built for it. Like I thought I was broken or something. Yeah, I felt the same way. And like knowing that you can make your own model or that there is a model if it fits right out there, like that's so huge. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 152. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Emily and Matt. They are amazing and have both been exploring their sexuality in various ways and also tell maybe a few cautious tales of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, their their own words were they're kind of exploring. Well, they started off kind of exploring how not to do it. Right. And they learned a lot of lessons and they've really gotten to an amazing place. And it's a fun interview. They're both very energetic and lively and we love the conversation and the vulnerability yes. in sharing with us. And you're going to laugh a lot with with us throughout this interview. And with them. Right. With all of us. That's the collective all of us. us. All of us. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> One thing that they did mention that we wanted to uh, clarify for anybody who is not familiar is when we started talking about sexual health and safety, they made a reference to PrEP, which is an acronym for pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a medication used to... Uh, help prevent the spread of HIV. And so that is what they are referring to. Uh, with that, we'll put some links in the show notes so you can learn more about that yep. if you would like. Exactly. So first off, before we jump into the show, we do have a couple of quick announcements. Big announcements, new announcements. If you're normally the people who start hitting the fast forward button, just wait. Just listen for a few minutes. Just like two minutes or less. We'll try to keep this quick. It's probably going to be like eight minutes. <laughs> So the first one is that Finn and I have been loving the community around our show and it's Meaning the meet and greets and right, the Patreon. Right, the Patreon, exactly. Yeah. Like both the meet and greets and Patreon have been amazing and we want to continue to grow both of those. And so we're going to focus more on that. And in doing that, we have decided to step back from our partnership with Alt Playground. So we are not officially sponsored by them any longer. However, that doesn't mean that there's any uh, bad blood there. We still stand by everything we said for the last six months. Exactly. They're a great place to meet open-minded people. It's a diverse community and you can still try it out for $3.99 for three days. So yeah, we're not, uh, again, we're not railing against them. There's no negative feelings there. We've just decided to kind of shift our focus back to what it was, you know, six, seven months ago and really working on the community aspect of this because honestly, we've been loving it and we're going to talk a little bit about it here, but we're going to dive into it deeper in, in, the, outro. in the outro. So all of you fast forwarders don't have to fast forward as much. We're <laughs> so, looking out for you. Exactly. So speaking of the community, our meet and greets have been amazing and they've been growing each month. So the next virtual meet and greet is going to be on November 13th. These are open to everyone. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And these are open to everyone. They're $10. And we'll talk more about what exactly a virtual meet and greet is in the outro. Additionally, we mentioned a minute ago our Patreon community, which is now over 120 people. Well, it's 120 members. Some of them are couples. Some of them are throuples. Some of them are 
quad quadruples. <laughs> so it's a really awesome and diverse community. And we do monthly meet and greets. I'm sorry, we don't. We no. do <laughs> now you're gonna be confusing them. We do monthly Q and A's. Our next one is tonight. October 28th. Uh, and don't worry if you miss it, there will be one in November too. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern and again at 9 p.m. Pacific. And we are also doing men's and women's groups. So we're launching the men's group. The women's group has been going on for a few months. The men's group is launching tonight, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I'm going to get these dates right. <laughs> so Thursday, October 29th. And really quick, talking about the men's, women's binary, uh, we don't... We're trying to think of a better way to describe these groups, but we want people to understand that they are welcome, open places for however you identify, whether it's a a man, male, female, non-binary, trans uh, man, trans woman, whatever your um, identity is. Yes. You are welcome to join whichever one of these you feel that you most fit with. We had started these originally because based on feedback from our Patreon group, they wanted these spaces to to connect in different ways with other members that are part of the group. So we wanted to start these men's and women's group. But like Finn said, we Anyone who identifies as either one of those in any way is welcome to join. Or whichever one you feel you belong in the most. And, and, exactly. And honestly, if you're out there saying, well, I don't feel like I belong in either of those, I would rather have uh, my own community that is a non-binary or some other variation, please reach out to us. We would be, Yeah, let we, us know. We would be more than happy to help facilitate that. Uh, we just don't we don't identify in that way, so it is hard for us to lead that discussion. Um, so but we would be more than happy to facilitate. Yeah, and and work with you to do such a thing. So please, please reach out to us. We would love to hear feedback on this um, and how we can do it better. We're always looking to learn and grow and improve ourselves and, and the community that we're offering to everybody. Exactly. And just to follow up real quick, like Finn said, the next the first men's group call is going to be tomorrow. That's October 29th. As well as the next women's group call is going to be on November 11th. And if you are not at a computer, or I'm sorry, if you're not, we're at a place where you can write this down, go to our website later, normalizingnomonogamy.com. You can click on the Patreon tab and you can see all those dates. And... While you're over on our website, please reach out to us. Say hello. We love hearing from everybody. We will write you back. And if you send us a voicemail, we will voicemail you back. Exactly. So we, <laughs> we will. We love getting feedback and uh, just email from people. We love hearing how you're doing out there in the world. Let us know how you're hanging in there. And let us know how we're doing. How are we hanging in there? Yes. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. And if you want to come on the show, we'd love to have it. That as well. So with that... Let's we we rambled for longer than two minutes. Yeah, but less than eight. So That's let's true. go talk to uh, Matt and Emily, Emily and Matt. Let's go. And let's go. Welcome, Emily and Matt, to the show. We're excited, as always, to have new people reach out to us and come on the show. And I think a great place to start would have each to be. Whoa. What are we going to have them do? Would to have. <laughs> I can't even speak. Would. Now I'm laughing. Now you're laughing too hard. Uh, Please introduce yourselves. (laughs) That's where I'm going for. That's where I'm going. (laughs) And now I'm just going to stop talking. (laughs) Um, I'm Matt. I live in the Pacific Northwest area. And I I do music and audio stuff for work and uh, have been a big fan of this podcast. And I'm excited to contribute my story. (laughs) 
for our story. Yeah, well, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you reaching out. How about how about you, Emily? Uh, I'm Emily. I also live in the same area. Um, <laughs> I'm a barista and a dog walker slash sitter, <laughs> and yeah, I guess I'm passionate about this lifestyle and happy to be talking about it, and happy that podcasts like this exist. Yeah, awesome, super exciting, and. I, again, I mean, thank you to both of you for reaching out. We're always excited to get more voices out there. And when you reached out, and we're not going to give away all of the, the gooey details, but your story has a little bit of a different flow to it than, or maybe a little bit of a spin that, that we were excited to get out there. So, I mean, maybe do you want to take us back in time to how, maybe how did you two meet and how long ago did you meet? I don't even know the story you told them. <laughs> I, I haven't. This is all oh, new to them, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he gave us lots of teasers, just like mm-hmm. I did. So we, we don't know much either. <laughs> yeah, we met. Um, I was managing a coffee shop. Uh, I, I actually lived in Germany for a while. And when I came back, I kind of tried to find a bunch of side jobs to augment the, the music stuff. And one of them was, uh, you know, work, running a coffee shop. And that's where we met. Um Cause I worked there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty electric from the start. We just kind of knew. Um, and it was pretty much inevitable. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was just. How long ago? How long ago was like, that? I feel like it was like November, I guess almost two years ago. Yeah. That we met. Yeah. It's wild. And had, and had either of you explored or been curious about non-monogamy leading up to the two of you meeting um yeah so like i had i basically sort of just avoided relationships in general or not like i don't know like i avoided i was afraid of commitment i guess is like how i'd put it or that's how i put it but i think really i just wanted non-monogamy but i didn't really like know that was possible so i kind of just thought something was wrong with me i feel (laughs) like so i just kind of like i just like avoided calling someone my boyfriend and just sort of like avoided a committed situation and then I even remember like the like on one of our like early early dates I was like I don't do monogamy (laughs) I think I like officially tried it with like the boyfriend before him but that was just like it was just like a bad fit so that just didn't work in general but that was my first time kind of like trying an actual relationship with that component um, but this is the only the second time I've tried it and like the first successful attempt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and so like you said, you you kind of did it in the sense that you just didn't ever really call anybody your boyfriend, but you never put the words and the definitions in place. Not not that you have to to be officially non-monogamous, yeah. but and I also like I mean when I was with those people like I also like didn't really sleep with anyone else because it was like it was kind of serial monogamy just like without calling it that right like I was just like afraid to like call it monogamy because that was scary and I like didn't want to say like this is the person I'm be with like indefinitely like the only person I'm gonna have sex with you know but like I it was yeah I would say it was like basically serial monogamy I just didn't call it that right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And how about on your end, Matt? Yeah, I had a past relationship where I had read that book, Sex at Dawn, and that kind of blew my mind open about like, oh, a lot of this makes sense, especially with like sort of a uh, long history of also serial monogamy and ending it non-ethically. So I cheated a lot. 
Um, but I had long, like long-term relationships and then I would, instead of doing the more noble thing of like ending it when it was over, I would usually cheat and then move on to the next thing. And, and I don't think I'm alone in that behavior. Um, but I just thought there was something wrong with me. And then I met a girl who she slept with someone right after we started dating. And I was like, that's okay. Like, we can make this work. And we, we tried, um, but we didn't have any, besides a few like Dan Savage articles and that one book, I didn't really have much to go on. And, um, yeah, it almost sounds like you were kind of like reaching out and and doing this in the dark almost. Exactly. And it, and I ended up hurting her quite a bit and, and it was kind of tumultuous. And so I said, okay, that's not for me. So I'm going to do the monogamy thing again. And then I failed at it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then was like, okay, this has got to be different. And when, when she told me that thing where I don't do monogamy, I'm like, cool, we have a good conversation to like <laughs> a good baseline to be like, cool, what does that mean for you? Or what does that mean for us? And yeah. Which is, which is fascinating, right? Because you both said like, that's what you wanted, but you had never put it into practice. Like, well, you, I guess you technically were practicing non-monogamy by cheating on people, but you had never, ethical. you had never, never you never put it into the <laughs> the ethical part of that, and the how are we going to do this in a way? But you're both like, this is what we want. Now we get to now we get to build it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we took about a year or so. Yeah, we had monogamy contracts. That's <laughs> yeah, her we idea. did month to month contracts because, like, we <laughs> knew we wanted to be non-monogamous, but we didn't like know what that means, right? Because it's like with monogamy, like you already know what the rules are, but like with non-monogamy, like you don't. So you just have to like build it from the ground up, like you said. So we just did month by month monogamy <laughs> contracts until we kind of like figured it out. And then it was like, I think it was like our 12th contract. We like added someone on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like every month you'd sit down and write the contract of like, this is what it's going to look like for the next month. And then we'll reevaluate. So like for now, it's going to be the two of us and we'll see when we're ready to add more than that. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really write it. We'd say, would you like to renew? And we're just like, do you, yeah, we kind of be like, so it'd be like the first of the month and we'd be like, so it was kind of cute. I forget about it. (laughs) Would you like to renew the contract? We're just like, do you want to renew the contract? And we're like, yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're both, well, this has been a big journey for me because I wouldn't have identified as bisexual before this relationship. Um, But I definitely had attraction to men, but it was confusing for me because I don't, I'm not attracted to men in the same way I'm into women. So like, I don't want to go on a date with the guy necessarily. I don't want to hold hands. I don't want to watch a movie, but I have sexual attraction to men. And I'd sort of buried that and had some sort of non-ethical experiences in that world. And then just, I had shut it down completely. And, and after all these strings have uh, failed, sorry, after all these strings have failed monogamy experiences, I said, Especially with her, with how electric it was. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this right this time. And so I just told her, I'm like, I'm into men this way. And I was sweating and terrified. (laughs) You took like an hour to tell me. And her answer was like, her response was like, hot. (laughs) (laughs) So it obviously didn't bother you too much, Emily. No, I've actually like always like... (laughs) I just have always thought that was really hot ever since, like, middle school. I don't know. I went through a phase where I, like, only read, like, homoerotic novels in middle school. I don't know. That's just, like, my thing. So, like, I don't want to, like, fetishize it because I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. But I don't know. I'm just, like, interested in it and find it hot. So. And you identify as bisexual. Yeah, I mean, I'm also bisexual. In a similar way, right? Yeah, kind of Like the heteroromantic bisexual is the term I learned. Yeah. Have you known you've been bi... 
Emily, have you known you're, you are bisexual for a while then, or is that something new as well? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. I feel like I've known, I mean, I don't think I called it that when I was, like, really young, but I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I basically, like, just known I'm attracted to men and women probably, like, since I realized I was, like, a, since I had the self-awareness to, like, no, I was a sexual person. Well, that's in your like, first relationship, basically, with a woman. Yeah, my so, first yeah. relationship was kind of, was with a woman, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, was, I, mean, I was still confused at that point, because it was like eighth grade or something, but, you know. <laughs> 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 We're not supposed to have everything figured out in eighth grade. Don't yeah. Don't <laughs> but I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, I've known that. And <laughs> no, I've known I'm attracted to women. I think I might have been a little bit hesitant to say bisexual. I don't know. I feel like that we, I guess I never talked about it, I guess, really that much. I don't know. Yeah. There's not much of a community. Like part of why we, I, multiple reasons why I want to do the podcast, but like there's, there's, there's the non-monogamous component, but there's, then there's the sexual, just like owning your own sexuality component, which that's why I choose to identify as bi like openly. Like I put the flag on my porch. It's on, she bought me a sticker for my truck. (laughs) It's like, I want people to know because especially for men, it's sort of stigmatized or it's considered taboo or gross or whatever. And, and that's right. part of why I probably buried it for years too. And, and also cause my attraction isn't like, it's different, you know, it's like I could go my whole life and live a normal life without presenting as bi. Right. But right. Had, had you explored it in any way up yeah. until this point? Yeah. Really non-ethically like, I went to adult bookstores and okay. <laughs> had random encounters. You. Yeah. And that was, I gotcha. that was, and I would do it with shame. And then I would like say, I'm never going to do that again. And then, but it never quite went away. You know, that was sort of the, that right. was it. Right. You know, cause I was, so the, the, so the pattern was kind of, you were in a relationship with a woman and you would cheat on her with a man. And no, I'd, I'd usually cheat on her with a woman, but then I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I have how cavalier that was was really good. <laughs> no, in my little downtime, I'd be like, I'm gonna go get this like a uh, you know this bisexual urge out of my way and get it out of <laughs> get it out of get it out of my system, you know, before the next one, you know, that way it's never gonna happen again. And then right, like the mindset of like, oh, if I do this one time or this one more time, then I'll never have that urge again. It'll exactly. get rid of it. And that's just not the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after a couple of those cycles, I was like, okay, this is here to stay. I should face this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious how, so you were doing the, re, the the monthly renewing monogamy contract. How many months did you renew before you changed the terms of the contract? We did that for like a year, I think. And then was it? Is it the thruster story? Oh my God. No way. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, that is what it was. Okay. So I like watch murder shows on Netflix. Like that's like my thing. Hold on. There's a quick, quick, quick preface. Okay. You can tell, you can tell the thruster story. No, you, I want you to tell the thruster story, but I'm going to, so I had, we had talked about, we don't, we're both interested in having like threesomes or group experiences. And I had downloaded field the app and started doing stuff and it had sort of triggered her because an ex of hers she's got a bidar for days like almost all of her men have been by but he had been he had opened up about wanting to be with men and he was on the apps without her knowing yeah it, it had sort of triggered her so once i got on the app it triggered her so i'm like that's cool i'll just back off like we don't need to rush this 
And then nothing happened until the thrusters. Yeah. So then I was like, fine. I found this like Australian like murder show on Netflix. And basically it was like, it was like a, um, oh, what do you call it? Of grinder, like a it's just like a fake TV. Like a, yeah, like you know, like the not copyright. They were trying to say grinder basically in the TV show, but they said thruster to avoid like the lawsuit and stuff. <laughs> right, and so we were right. just like watching this and I was like, dude, you should try grinder again. <laughs> and that was like or not again, no, I guess. Just for the first time. Just like, for the first time. Like, so I think you had like maybe talked about like trying yeah. one of the gay dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, Thruster. And then, like, that's basically, um, yeah, I guess that's what started our first non-monogamy contract. Yeah, because there was this biker, like, this cyclist guy I had been <laughs> chatting with on Grinder, and, and she's like, Matt can do dot, dot, dot with the cyclist, and Emily can do dot, dot, dot with, you know, we had started, like, saying these are the rules, like, as we... I never ended up right. meeting that guy, but that was the... <laughs> but we'll never forget him. <laughs> and I actually yeah, met a he... guy who I went like on a date with, and it turned out being more platonic, because we had like music and stuff in common. And it was more just like a, like a dude connection. I was more interested in a friend with him, but that was the most that came out of that era. Right. Yeah. So I guess part of my reasoning for asking the, the timeline question was how... Before Emily, how long did you typically last in a relationship before you cheated on the other woman? <laughs> uh, me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> long time. Sometimes like five years or so. Like, okay. I'd cohabitate. I guess the reason I'd do the I whole was. Thing. I'd do the like, this is what you're supposed to do. You'd like cohabitate. You'd, everything. You did like the opposite of me, basically. Short of getting married. Just, like, fleeing. Yeah. You were like, just stick it out. Short of like having kids and getting married, but doing all the other stuff like getting a bank account together like mm-hmm. and and then at that point you would sort of hit the self-destruct button yes and cheat on. Yeah. okay yeah which is interesting i guess the reason i was asking is because i was curious if you have and not to like p- pick it a, a wound here but if you had surpassed your normal timeline for cheating and if if the being open and having the openness and being open about being bisexual and everything that you two have put on the table was was able to play into you sort of getting past a milestone and not to like condemn you for this no i absolutely i i mean i was i was married actually when i met emily so that was sort of the grand finale of like commitments and right right and okay yeah yeah and i guess yeah i was just curious like did this openness allow you to i guess stay committed in quotes longer or not not look for the infidelity Uh, but i guess we're not to the we're not we haven't tested that we we haven't hit the we haven't hit the milestone yet but i I think i know what you're asking though like since there's an outlet do you think you'll not have to hit the self-destruct and i actually like at least for myself, like I actually have obsessive compulsive disorder and it manifests like mostly in relationships. And so basically in all of my previous relationships or a lot of them, I would like get these obsessions with like other men and like basically like I would self like I, I would sabotage the relationship I had going on because I like, and I knew I wasn't actually into this person. It was just like this obsession that I couldn't get out of my head And, like, basically, since I've, like, entered an actually non-monogamous relationship, like, I really haven't had that. Like, I feel like it was, like, 
And basically, like, at least my last relationship, like, it ruined the relationship. And I think I was, like, sabotaging it because I was afraid, I guess, of monogamy. Like, or, like, that wasn't, that also just wasn't, like, a good fit. But, I don't know. I do feel like there was, like, a valve that needed to be opened. And it was sort of, like, it would, I feel like the non-monogamy would sort of bust out regardless somehow. Like, for me and you in a way yeah and And so now being in it we like don't feel like we have to like do this like sabotaging behavior i guess correct yeah that's yeah exactly and it was different for you it manifested itself in the ocd for me it was like let the relationship wither fester and then cheat and leave sort of thing but that cycle for both of us is not now that we have this model that we created for ourselves that's no there's no longer appeal because if i want to go i mean yeah we can get into that as it moves on but like the oper- the possibilities now are just like and and especially like emily's been amazing because every single like i've been very rejection adverse and judgmental like afraid of judgment and every step of the way where i was like nervous about something her response was like earlier she's like that's yeah. hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever go do it i'm like really i can just go on an app and go meet some dude you're like yeah go just talk to you tomorrow i'm like what (laughs) and yeah and then for emily i know there was a she like i i one of the things i love about her she like loves a lot and connects a lot to people and that was one of the discussions is like what when we did break the contract it was like okay what do we want this to be like okay there's stuff we want to do together we want to export experience groups group sexual stuff but i knew for her like she connects a lot to people. And then you had told me you don't, you would shut things down because you're like, Oh, I'm dating this man. I'm not allowed to be close to this other mm-hmm. person or even attracted to people. Like yeah. I feel guilt for feeling attracted to people, which I would sort of take to the OCD level and then have to like confess it. But also mm-hmm. I do think that's just like my OCD, but also like, I do feel like that's just a societal thing. And then my brain would like take it to the extreme Mm-hmm. Right. Like I right. would get anxiety if I was attracted to someone else, like while I was in a relationship. And so I encouraged that and said, like, let's take that to the logical extreme. Like, what would it be like to hang out with a friend of yours who you're also attracted to without having to worry about if something happened? And, you know, does that mean we're poly? What does that mean? We didn't like all the especially where we're at now, like whatever current definitions exist. I don't think we fit neatly into either one of any of them at this point. Like, right. Yeah. Well, and I guess maybe that leads into the question of what, maybe what does uh, what does it look like today, um, and and then maybe taking us back to like we talked a little bit about the grinder thruster, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like how has how has it evolved and, and how long has the evolution like when when did the thruster opening happen? It's just pre COVID essentially. Like. Yeah, I guess. Right, probably right before about a year so maybe ago. January yeah. or something like that. I want to say January. We like read maybe we downloaded Field again, mm-hmm. and maybe like Scruff or. I think I downloaded some of the gay apps, and we both got on Tinder. Yeah, basically we're like on all the apps now. But yeah, yeah I think that like basically, in I would I would guess like January because it was like pre-COVID, and about like yeah a year in. Yeah, and so it started with. Yeah, well, so I I also, like, had a crush on one of my friends. I don't know where that... Was that first? With Jay? Yeah. Around the same time? Yeah. Basically, I think that was on our... 
first non-monogamy con- contract because like basically I had this friend Jay mm-hmm. and uh, I was attracted to him and also like I had avoided being friends with men um because I like thought there was also there something wrong with me um <laughs> welcome to living in this society <laughs> um and like so I was like yeah, I really like him and I want to be his friend. Um, but like, I'm scared of it cause I'm attracted to him. And so then, uh, we were like, I don't know why you just like hang out with him. And mm-hmm. I think we set some like parameters for that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was on our first, um, thing. And then I think you doing stuff with men was on your, our first like non-monogamy contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those were the two things that were first, but as far as where it's at today, and then working back. Oh, was that the question? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fine. Yeah. How, how has it progressed as a, yeah. as just fine yeah. in whichever direction. But yeah, that was the, yeah, that was like the first thing. But the first thing we did, no, the first thing we did was the trial by fire. That's a good story. Oh yes. So we met a couple on field. They seemed very cool. Um, the guy was hetero flexible. So we thought, okay, that that's, a little more comfortable for our orientation. And we said, we're just going to get drinks and say hi. And then. And we like, didn't know what we were doing. So we didn't really like, I think, did we even set? no, we set boundaries beforehand. I think like, we're like, yeah, we like set boundaries. Like, I don't know. Like we were just like use condoms for intercourse probably. Oh no. We even set more than that. I think we were like, no No. intercourse. We ended up being a full swap. Anyways, we just did whatever the hell, like once this thing actually was going down, we just did like everything. No condoms were even used. It was, uh, it was just a free for all. And then like you had a break. I had a complete, like a complete meltdown. I don't even know why. Cause I, I wasn't jealous. Like many people discussed like the physical stuff was like surprisingly not like, Oh, that's fun or that's hot or whatever. It wasn't, that part was fine, but like, yeah, we, we always refer to the, like, you, you just like watch me getting like fucked on the <laughs> table and like, you didn't even care. Yeah. Or but like, like <laughs> but like something about it was just like going from zero to 60. I like had a complete breakdown and had to like, I was, I had to like call my therapist. Yeah. It was, it was rough. <laughs> and like for like as amazing as I think doing this is, and as much as I like think it's right for us, like I, I one thing I do want to share with people is like when the times are tough, they're really bad. Like, cause dealing with that level of <laughs> yeah. jealousy or just breaking open these molds of things that we take for granted as like societal mores or whatever. Like it's, I had, I was like, I had, I didn't even know why I was upset. And I just had to like sit the next day just like processing everything. So it was like trial by fire. And we had to like yeah. take a beat before we did anything else after that. So, and and take some time to understand what might be causing your feelings and why. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what to do about like the feelings are legitimate and you just have to sit. It does take time to sit with them sometimes and understand what might be the triggers. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with going zero to 60, but maybe that wasn't necessarily the right speed for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And since time. we had no idea what we were like doing, cause we hadn't like done it yet. And like <laughs> you said, like when you're like non-monogamous, like there's no rules there. So you just make them yourself. So we didn't like know what we were doing. So we didn't know what to ask each other and stuff beforehand or anything like that, you know? So it just kind of like, yeah, which I can't remember which one of your guests, but they call it, they had like their fears, desires, and boundaries conversation. 
We yeah. do it every time. Yeah. And, and I, we've taught other people. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they call it FDRs too, or if I got it from them, or yeah, like we call it the JFK now or the LBJ, or like we just <laughs> use presidents. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that like in the course of this journey from like that initial experience of going from zero to sixty to where we're at today, like anytime there's something new, we have our FDRs. That's our go to. I think it's because like I couldn't remember what it was or something, and then we just FDR. Yeah. Yeah. But and we've done so, that with couples we met up with since. And yeah, like we said, we've spread it to other people. And so like it's been a big it's been an exponential learning curve for sure of like yeah, going awesome. from that what? first thing to where we're at today. So I'm uh, so backing up to the trial by fire night. So mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I no, it's just it's a name. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it was. I think it's super fascinating because I think you're definitely not alone in this experience. Mm-hmm. No, not um, at all. and so I wanted to touch on it again. So the the meltdown you had, Matt. Did it happen in the moment or was it like on the way home? It was the directly next day? after we like went to their guest room. Yeah, and then I just lost it, and. It was bad. And you were like, where's my shoe? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know where your shoe is. And you're like, but I need my shoe. Was, and then I like dragged you outside. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was not in the moment. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a jealousy thing either. It was just like, it was like a, it was just a, like the matrix blue pill, red pill thing or something like reality just shifted on me. And I just like, didn't, I wasn't yeah. prepared to handle it. Well, and, and I guess maybe. It sounds like you laid out rules and then you just said, fuck all the rules mm-hmm. and you just did whatever. I think alcohol said fuck yeah, all the rules. Yeah, we were also like so like nervous and I had had like a breakdown beforehand for some reason. No, we had a fight before because oh, yeah, you had, had like hung out with Jay right actually. Before- oh, was that it? Yeah. And then it was, and then, and then you were like, I don't know if I can do the Oh, day. I think I was like hung over or something because I had hung out with Jay who I mentioned earlier, like the friend. Yeah, so then we, like, had a fight. Oh, and I, because I was, like, tired, and I also had anxiety, just because I have anxiety, but, like, for hanging out with them. So then I think I was, like, hinting that I wanted to bail, which is, like, a thing I do. And then you were upset, and then we had a fight. And, and then, then we like, showed up and just And then we, drink. like, showed up and just, like, pounded, like, mm. I was drinking, like, what were the old fashions or something. I had, yeah. like, seven, and, like, <laughs> it was just, we were just, like, Cope Town, yeah. you know? And then just, like... Yeah, then we just got there and like he just like grabbed me and put me on a table. Like. <laughs> and we, I mean, we still checked in with each yeah, other we, though. Like I was like, is this okay? Yeah, and and we were stuff. okay in the moment. Like there's, we were okay in the moment. We were not but, mad at each other at all about that. It was just, again, like yeah. just the. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe like for other people who are thinking, like, holy shit. I don't want my first time to be like that. <laughs> don't, are, don't drink as much alcohol. Well, yeah. What yeah. are some of the, I guess, what are some of the takeaways that you two had about like, and, and maybe, maybe a better question is, has trial by fire night repeated itself or have you found a way to do it in a way that you both feel more, much com- better. more comfortable, safer, more, you know, less anxiety, all, all of the things that went wrong that you've figured out how to get them to go right. Yeah, we absolutely found ways to make it better. And that was part of the journey. So we started reading The Ethical Slut together, which it, I think it's a little clumsy and awkward. And there's a couple of chapters I would maybe skip. But like the jealousy chapter alone yeah. is amazing. And the whole book's worth reading, you know, like I encourage people maybe you've tried it and given up if it's like 
doesn't resonate with them, but it's like, it's worth getting, even if you get like two nuggets out of it, those nuggets will stay with you and they will be very valuable. So we read that together. We talked about it. The next thing we did was a threesome with a buy guy and it was much more successful. I still had a lot of like performing anxiety, like plumbing wasn't working and stuff that, but like, as far as like emotionally, we were, it was a good experience. And we went to a, a club Sapphire up here, which is like the, the swinger club, but they have a buy night, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, it was also weird because it's like in a business park and it feels very unsexy. <laughs> like for the first half of the night, we're like, I don't know if this is going to work, but we met some nice folks who yeah. like, and had like a, a nice night with them. And that was like, and, and meeting them and they were part of a like relationship anarchy crew. And I hadn't even heard of that yet. And yeah, so you start to meet folks and you learn about, there's just an infinite way of doing this. And like after, so we had another rough patch where we were basically doing stuff together. I had done a couple things with men on my own. It didn't bother her at all because it's just transactional physical stuff. But then things just kind of went to different levels with Jay. And we had talked about it going sexual being okay, but. Yeah, like I think I had made out with him before that. Yeah. But nothing else. Maybe some grinding and just sexual energy. Yeah, but, yeah. some like dry humping and making out. And then and like, this was during COVID. We're living together. Was this still during yeah, COVID? This is during COVID. Okay. Like, well, I just can't believe how long COVID has been. But yeah, I guess like, yeah. So then, yeah. But then like, I think, so yeah, basically I thought, I like texted him and was like, is everything still on the table? That was yeah, basically, it was just, like, is everything on the table still? Because we had, like, talked about it theoretically during COVID. Um, and he's just like, yeah, sure. I'm just at work, whatever. like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so this was over text, which I recommend not doing. And <laughs> yeah. so then I, like, did, like, I had intercourse with him and, like, everything. <laughs> and then, like, he was shocked that that happened. It was basically, like, miscommunication because it was, like, over, like, text. Mm-hmm. And, like, I should have checked in more. Um, so that was another trial by fire, like where I had done something on my own. It was the first time either of us had really done anything. Done anything well, on our I own. mean, I'd done stuff with guys, but it was sort of known that that was a not threatening. That's like issue. a not jealousy. But threatening. like with the opposite sex, there's different levels of. Yeah. So to like avoid trial by fire, I really like the like express your fears, desire boundaries thing. Yeah. Like I think that's great. And I think like we always like start with the person who's going to do the thing, like going on the date or whatever. And like, I don't know, that's, that's really helped us. Cause I think that probably if we had done, and I, we do it in person. Yeah. Not on the phone. I mean, if it's, if it's a- like something we're more comfortable with, like maybe him going to see like a guy or whatever, we can do it on the phone, but we do it in person. And, and we follow up too. We learned that too. Yes. So. That was another thing we learned. Is, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so we have our FDRs in place. Thanks to this podcast. And <laughs> yeah. But then we also learned like she had met Jay again and done stuff. And I wasn't, I knew it was going to happen probably. And I wasn't upset that night, but I also had like a three day recording session the next weekend, which means I'm just like busy, like 12 hours 12 a day. Hours, and I, yeah. I can't really you can like, barely even text because yeah. I'm just like engaged with the people the whole time. And not having that follow up the next day just was rough for both of us. Cause it was like, this is a vulnerable thing for us to not be able to just be, Hey, you okay? You okay? So now we have our, yeah, because I spent the night at Jay's, yeah. and then I couldn't talk to you for, like, 12 hours or whatever, <laughs> and we were both just, like, going insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, I mean, it's just the C word over and over again, communication, and, like, 
If you're unsure about something, talk about it. If you're embarrassed about it, talk about it. That's what's even all the sex stuff is great and fun. And I feel like at least for me, it's just makes me feel okay in my own skin, my own attractions, my own desires feel normalized by the whole experience. But even better than that, the communication of just like, I mean, she was just laughing a second ago because I was like looking through the email and like I accidentally clicked on a porn tab that's open that I don't hide from her because I don't need on, like, to. Three different porn things, <laughs> just trying to get this set up. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's so nice to like laugh about that. And like out of context, it's just always so funny. Yeah, like the whatever, whatever it's paused on is always ridiculous. <laughs> but like that, that level of like it's, and it's nice to be like so I. I had no intention to like date other women, but it went on the table because she was sort of dating this J guy. And I was like, okay, I matched with some girls on Tinder, went on a few dates. And, and just recently one's gotten a little more serious and it, it's, she handled it amazingly. <laughs> um, but it, it's also helped because at this point we have all those tools in place. They're mm-hmm. like checking in before checking in after, and like I said, we don't really fit in. We're not like swingers. We're not poly. Like we definitely consider ourselves monogamish. Like we are a couple, like we are primary partners like that. Once we def- defined that, that really made me feel good about her doing stuff with other people. Cause I was like, is this Jay guy, your other boyfriend? Like, what do you want? And you're kind of like, I don't know. But after we started tested the waters, we're like, so I think having a definition can help. Like, what are you? Like, even if it's your own definition, we're like monogamish with a side of... Even though, yeah, I mean, I still don't know if that's like the exact... Dip. I mean, like... But if I tell someone we're monogamish that we're getting involved with, they, that gives them the impression that like we're a couple. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that there's yeah. other things. The ish for us is like, there's a side of swinging, there's a side of poly, yeah, there's I guess, a side yeah. of... Yeah. Everything else. <laughs> so there's a little pie chart with everything else on it but at least yeah. I, knowing that like we're the unit at least for me and yeah it, like gets the message across that we are the unit and that's helpful. but then there's there is like literally whatever else we decide on yeah and then for me emotionally that's that feels good because i love right having a partner like i love having you as yeah a partner. right yeah. well and it sounds like it's ever evolving right like you said yeah. Things go on the table, they come off the table. Sometimes they're Emily, sometimes they're rules. Just, mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, that was I get good. it. <laughs> <laughs> took, took a minute. Sorry. I'm like, can you like cut out that pause and pretend I got it faster? <laughs> I cannot. I, I absolutely cannot. So that, one, that one's staying in. Um, so the. I mean, I think that's amazing, right? And it sounds like, Emily, your relationship, we'll call it a, a relationship with this other person, Jay. And, you know, it's sort of this friends with benefits kind of thing. But like you said, you yeah. two are the primary. And it sounds like you too, Matt, you've, you've uh, developed some type of other friends with benefits type of dynamic with somebody else. I have my own Jay, actually. And she's literally a <laughs> yeah, Jay. Also Jay, yeah. <laughs> my Jay. I thought about that. Yeah. And, and one thing I like about this model is like, I put myself on Tinder, not even knowing if I wanted to date. I'm, it's hard to make friends as an adult. Like I'd be happy to just have friends. Like, and just knowing that I'm like ethnically non-monogamous and that I'm bisexual and that that's like the baseline that I can be like, like something fundamental about me is on the table at the beginning is refreshing. Cause I have, a, I have older friends that I've like, my closest family members know 
some of my friends know, but there's still some friends I'm afraid of. Like even in the music community, it's weird. You think it's all artists and open-minded people, but it's still kind of a boys club when you get in the rehearsal room and it's, you know, ball jokes and stuff. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> do I really want to tell you this? Yeah. Um, so may just making friends with this new self-awareness is really a positive experience. Um, and also when you first like date somebody, just that like sort of enthusiastic sharing of things that you might not do with a friend, I've found really liberating because it kind of re-energizes you and that energy, it's not just focused on that one person. It like, we get to share it. Yeah. I get to internalize it. it. That's what I've learned with like my J experience is like, oh, it's really nice to have this really strong connection. And like, yeah, we're exploring that it's gone past just friendship. It's gone physical but it's it's just nice to not have that sort of like limitation on it, just kind of see what it becomes right right, right. right. yeah no i mean thank you for sh for sharing that and i think you know maybe hearing too a little more about like contrasting the differences that each of you have experienced with being bisexual right being a bi male versus being a bi female and entering the you know the dating you know, the dating world together and individually, like what, what have your experiences been? Um, well, I would say I have less experience. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say I have less experience, but maybe I have more experience. I don't know. I haven't like within this relationship, like I've only been with women, like with him. Like in group um, scenarios or whatever. Yeah. yeah, in group stuff. Like, I don't know. I really want to, like, be with a woman, but I just feel like I'm, like, I don't know. I'm, like, really nervous about it because I think I haven't actually dated women. Like, when I was, like, sort of really young, like, just, like, very post-pubescent, you know, with that first girl I was talking about, like, we didn't, like, call it dating. Like, I didn't actually, like, know. I was, like, still discovering my sexuality, to begin with, you know what I mean? So it's like, I felt, I don't feel like I've ever actually, I don't know. I've had like some, some things with women, I guess I'd say like at parties or something like, but I just really, I have not like had sex with a woman. I don't know. It's just like hard to explain, but no, basically I, I feel like, I don't know. I've, I I I don't want to, I hate the word like experimented, but like basically I was experimenting because I was like so young, you know? I, like, had not, like, I guess since I've, like, discovered my sexuality, like, I don't, I haven't really been with a woman yet, and I really want to, but I feel like, I guess I feel like I don't really know how to. Like, I don't really know how to, like, flirt with women, and I also am, like, very afraid of coming off as, like, predatory, because it's, like, once I'm friends with a woman, it's, like, how do I, like, hit on you without being, like, a Trojan horse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't well, know. I do know I'm what you mean, because we yeah. have a lot in common other yeah. than the fact that I'm not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm still like exploring that and I don't know how to like read women's signals very well. I just feel like I don't know how to navigate that world yet. And like, I'm excited to do it. But like, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm just intimidated, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it's something that you can, you know, it sounds like you've pushed yourself to experience new things and this is another thing that you can get to like you don't yeah you don't, it also is part of you you don't have to rush it yeah thank you for saying that because another thing if going back to like what would you recommend for folks is patience because i'm definitely you know i'm a little older than emily and i feel like i got i found this i came to this self-discovery late so i feel like it's this lost time component but like there's time 
There's time. Because if you rush, if you rush things, it's not going to turn out well. Like, I think that might have actually been like not to call you out, but like for our for, for oh, the 100%. trial by I take a hundred percent because I kind of wanted that. to like cancel, and you were like, "We gotta do it," yeah. and then like, yeah, that's why you were just like, "Now is my time." Yeah. Like I've never done any of this. Like we gotta do this, and then we just like went crazy. Yeah, yeah. so hundred <laughs> percent. Like, um, also, you're not alone on that one either. I think that's a very very common thread. Of, oh yeah, like our couple. And, and who knows what's truly going on in each of their heads, but you, you come to this realization, like, we're going to try this together. And maybe, you know, one or both of them are thinking, like, this isn't real. Okay, if we're really going to do this, like, we better do it because this could all evaporate tomorrow right. because I don't really believe this is happening. So we've just yeah. got to go through it. And the problem is when you do that, you can ultimately create the situation where it's never going to happen again because it was a bad experience. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, we got very right, lucky. Whereas if you, <laughs> if you pump the brakes and you take your time, there will be another experience. And so forcing it through is often the very, you're playing the short game versus the long game. And right. it's, yeah. it's not easy to do. I, I, I mean, even today, I still have to remind myself of that. You know, like I've been super stressed because of COVID and stuff and I keep getting cold sores like every 45 minutes. And I'm just like, <laughs> when am I going to get to go do something <laughs> or like even just for us to do stuff? But it's just like this time, like that's just compounding the stress. Like it's yeah, like yeah. there's plenty of time. Like and yeah, yeah. the well vetted, the well vetted folks and like the well, like we we have a couple now that we've seen a few times and like it was very funny. We actually connected with them on field and then ran into them in person before we like sort of randomly at a park. And it was, it was super weird, and, yeah. but they had a fun thing to say, let's make a sexy video. And they gave us like three prompts, like a thing or a, what were the prompts? Like a body part. It was part. like a place, a body part and a something. And 30 and then, seconds and make a little video, like a sexy video. And yeah. And so we did that with them. Yeah. yeah. But we definitely took our time with them. That's turning into like a nice, just great friendship too, but there's that fun element that's added onto it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, you know, you mentioned a minute ago that you are open to your family and most friends in general, are both of you pretty open with people? Have you, um, experienced any pushback? Both my mom and dad are dead. So this would be a totally different conversation if they were alive, but like my cousin and like, I didn't tell his, his, my aunt and uncle directly cause I don't need to, but my cousin's basically like my brother. He's like my closest family. And, and we went down to have a little holiday with him this summer and we were just kind of in the thick of this. It was like beginning of phase two. So like we'd kind of gotten started then stopped, but like, I was like, okay, this is my identity now. And I told them and they're like, no, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. He was just very curious. I think. Yeah. Or like, it's funny too. Cause he was like. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm by, I'm this kind of by, whatever that means, if it matters to you and, and we're open and, and he's kind of oh, like, yeah, oh, he's like, oh, I'm into butt stuff too. <laughs> and I was like, well, you don't have to be into butt stuff to be by, but you also can be totally straight to be into butt stuff. But it was just, it, it, it was fun because it, it opened up a conversation that was like, 
we would never have had otherwise. And it was, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. just like very curious about it. And I remember like one time <laughs> you were like inside or something and his cousin and I were outside and he's just like, so this open relationship, like he's had <laughs> questions about it. Yeah. And he's a big nudist too. Like every time we hang out with them, like hot springs, nude beaches, like him and his wife, that's what they do. And so they're, they're pretty open-minded, but they're, they're married and they're monogamous. And, uh, <laughs> but they weren't judging there. It was fun. It was like no big deal. And that's, I, I know I'm really lucky. In that yeah, regard. no, that's amazing. Yeah. How how about on your on your end, Emily? I think for me, I think also why I said like I didn't define it as being bisexual, I think just has to do with the fact that and this might also be because I'm it probably is because I'm like from Olympia, Washington, too. Like I have to say that. Like I didn't really think it was like that unusual or like quote unquote strange to be into women like such a liberal town yeah it's just a really liberal city and everything so i can't say the same if i grew up somewhere else or whatnot but um i think like i almost like also like i do have to mention that i think also like being a bisexual woman like it's i don't want to say it's like accepted because i think a lot it's just like fetishized you Mm -hmm. know which is not the same thing as being accepted you know um Yes. Well, and then oftentimes in the swinging world, it's encouraged or almost expected, expected yeah. or frowned upon if you're not right. It's well, the women have to be by, but then yeah. the men can't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think for that, for those reasons, like I think I never really even thought to really like. I don't know. I think it just like wasn't really like a thing. I don't know. I'm. I'd say like I. I don't know. I mean, I am also just like a pretty open person i'd say about like sexuality i can't say like i i mean i definitely still have like my shame and stuff like from society and everything but i'd say i do just like talk about things but it never really occurred to me to like really quote unquote like come out to anyone because i think i just it didn't seem like a big thing to me i guess for those sort of reasons yeah that makes sense um yeah so I had two thoughts that I don't want to lose. Go. If you're <laughs> Go. <laughs> oh, just a, just you're saying about the difference in our experiences. Yeah. It's very interesting that it can be very transactional in like the gay community or the bi community as far as like sexual things, which is sort of refreshing in a way in some things, because like I have a very different sexual personality with men than I do with women. And that's. It's really interesting to explore that because I've had this way I am with women, right? And like I kind of understood that. And then with men, it's very different and transactional and just about the physical side, which I think a lot of straight or anyone who's not gay could learn from like when you meet a gay man, there's like, what are you into? What do you want to do? You want to do it? Like it's very (laughs) upfront. And like I think every relationship could benefit from the like, hey, what are you into? You want to do this? You never want me to do that? Cool. Cool. We got the rules. All right, let's do it. Um, so it's been really enlightening to see this whole other culture that I'm peripherally part of, I guess, you know, I'm not a gay man, but I'm bi and stuff. So, and that it, it, it's weird that it isn't emotional for me. Like, I guess if I had a crush on a guy one day, I wouldn't turn it down, but it's just never happened and I don't see it happening. So there's, there's a different element of like that, that's sort of refreshing. But then the flip side is that, yeah, the stigma against it, like you talked about, um, is is weird because it's like yeah bi women are fetishized bi men are like 
ugh, or or you're not really bi, you're just gay and you haven't figured it out yet. And you have that thing where you're not part of either group. You're yeah. like not straight or you're not gay or people want to tell you you just like you're gay, but you don't want to admit it or like yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And we live in such a sex negative culture, which is part of why, again, I love your podcast yeah, for exactly. like normalizing this stuff. Um, but there's a lot of people who are bi and then they have to defend. They're like, oh, but I'm monogamous or I'm not slutty. I'm just like, we're pretty slutty. And yeah. like, th- I don't think there should be any shame to that. Yeah. You know, like, like we both are bi and we're both open and we're pretty slutty, <laughs> but we're ethical about it. And we're, like, it shouldn't matter. Like, I, I just, that disclaimer that always comes up when you hear people talk, like, and that's fine if people aren't, but I feel like there's almost like there's this gut instinct to, like, kick that sex negativity. Yeah, like, like and, and shame. Like, yeah. people hold shame around that, too. Yeah. And um, yeah. for f- any guys who are listening who are in a similar situation to me or anywhere on the spectrum of, like, not hetero, like, uh, there's a there's a guy named Joe Court. He's a therapist in Michigan, I think. Um, he's got a podcast and he's got some great articles on like male sexual identity, but he has a poorly titled book called It's My Husband Gay, Bisexual or Straight. And it's written for women who like find gay porn on their men's computer or something and are like, oh shit, what's this about? But it basically describes that like, hey, men can be straight and also attracted to men for multiple reasons, whether it's whatever, just they're into the porn, it's easier, some trauma, or maybe they're bi, or maybe they're gay. I read this book, like, cover to cover in, like, one day. (laughs) And the best thing I got out of it was, like, it doesn't matter why. Like, I was trying to find an answer. Like, was I abused? Like, what's this weird sexual identity? It's like, no, just you're into what you're into. It doesn't matter. It's cool. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, And that was really, as far as my journey with my bisexuality, that was a big breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for bringing that up and sharing. Yeah. Yeah, And I think just to maybe, like, emphasize that difference is so it's just so crazy and and honestly kind of shitty that like for for right emily her experience if you two like let's say it was swinging or just even dating individually like her options are really no different than if she was straight it would be get on a dating app or get on one of the many swinging websites and you'll find any number of probably a majority of women are open about being mm-hmm. bi and on your side matt you literally have to go and i want to say infiltrate and, and like mm-hmm. the gay community to find men who yeah. are willing to you know have interactions with you have sex with you or explore with you because it's it's not prevalent enough or accepted enough in anywhere else i say i think it's more prevalent than we think it is I right. think it it's is not but i don't think it's accepted right yeah. That, yeah. like your your option is like well, I can't do it on any of the traditional, quote unquote, traditional swinging websites or mm-hmm. dating websites. So I need to go to the all gay community and seek out experiences there. And I think and even by I mean, guys, by guys, there are sort of a fetish, too, because it's almost like a conquest for them, too. It's like there's this whole level of. Yeah. Even on other all the sides, like. Right. Not, yeah. not exclusively, right. but I've encountered that in that world. Yeah. Have you been conquered? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, well, what's interesting is I heard on a Tristan Tamarino's podcast, this, I can't remember his name, but he was pretty open by guy, writes an advice column. And he was talking about how when he was on Tinder and he said he was by, it was like tumbleweeds. But if you took it off his profile, it was just like zing, zing, zing. Mm-hmm. And I've had by on my Tinder profile and I've, had date, dates with women and it's been and plenty of matches so i feel like 
it's probably because where we live in the Northwest, it's pretty open. But right. I'd be curious, just as I've thought about this as an experiment, mm -hmm. like what if I took buy off my profile or what if i took poly off my profile yeah if like, you just be like straight straight like, monogamous yeah. man like what i just would my phone just be buzzing off the There'll hook women in it man <laughs> 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 but yeah like it's it's a real it's a real thing yeah yeah i mean the good thing as you've noted too like the good thing about putting all that stuff on the, your profiles is out there and it's like okay well any of my matches automatically know those things about me so we can have conversations about them but i don't necessarily have to like bring them up and say like oh no this is it's you're putting who you truly are out there yeah and i think that's at least this journey of like sexual exploration has been it's been so eye-opening for me that like i'm at a point too with my career with music where i'm like maybe i, I want to do something else with the second bit of my life here and like i've considered going back to school for maybe doing therapy with a focus on like sexuality and sex positivity and stuff because it's funny like we watch tv shows going back to your murder shows and stuff it's like pretty <laughs> much the plot of any thriller or any like anything is like null and void if they were like in an open relationship <laughs> like so-and-so -so killed this woman because she cheated on him with this guy and it's like if they just had this like open conversation about attraction to other people they could have either ended their relationship or opened it yeah like, <laughs> instead of having to murder yeah we make like being with someone else so bad that we think it's like acceptable basically to murder them i mean we have, <laughs> the, have the term crimes of passion you know it's yeah. like like it's and that's like People get it. Like, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's, yeah, totally murder her if she slept with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you, the, the only difference between a porn and a murder show are, <laughs> are consent and, yeah. and, and open relationship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you could open both shows exactly the same way, and one turns into a porn one, one turns into <laughs> yeah. a turns into csi miami <laughs> yeah. that would be funny actually to um do a porn that had the production quality of like csi miami but turn it into a porn and then vice versa <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good idea that'd be hilarious that is the second half of your career yeah. <laughs> right. uh, one thing i wanted to quickly circle back on is you know we like to talk about sexual health and safety and how you both keep yourselves safe both physically and sexually and th throughout these experiences and so i wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about that how you approach that and before you jump in and answer i want to compound on that that we have to add an addendum to this question now which is covid how are yeah how are you keeping yourself healthy and safe mm -hmm. and everyone around you with with the looming covid because you've, you've brought it up a few times well i mean we we've had some missteps which we mentioned earlier oh um, with like in general yeah, like sexual health stuff. But yeah, basically we just like didn't use condoms for the first like two rounds of this or something. But now we do. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It was just like and I the alcohol and honestly the I don't condone this, no. but like we definitely alcohol nerves just like but now <laughs> we so for that part, um any penetrative sex with any partners that aren't each other is condoms. Um because I'm having sex with men and and we're together. We're both on prep. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a preventative mentor. And we both get tested, I think, every three months for everything. Yeah. And, and we share that. And, and we have a little conversation with new partners. She has a great way of, of approaching it, which is just saying, hey, I just got tested. I'm good. How about you? Instead of, like, asking, like, how are you, you know, are you 
do you have any STIs or whatever? Like it's <laughs> it's easier and less awkward to just disclose your own. And I got tested for COVID yeah, recently just, too. And yeah, just like, to hey, present I, it as it's like for their information. Yeah, and know, then just say anything just, I should know. Like yeah. And then if people are weird, then it's like see you later. If people are open, then use your best judgment to go like, do I trust this person? Um, yeah. I mean, things we we just got the ball rolling when COVID hit, and then we stopped, and that's. I mean, she ended up doing stuff with Jay because they were already friends. They were already in contact. That was the first sort of COVID era breach of things. Yeah. And I think even that was probably phase two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we're doing a, we haven't not done anything. Like there's that one couple that, that we've seen a few times. Um, Yeah. I think we waited till phase two. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So we've like, yeah, we've, uh, we had a threesome with one guy and then seen one couple. Two couples, but, but only one, couples. but just once. <laughs> <laughs> but just once, yeah. yeah. And and just, but yeah, we haven't been, We I, I feel like we've had a lot of experiences for like a year, basically. Like we've yeah. done a lot of stuff. Like I've been, I did one, and, and all the dates with the girls I went on, they were all distanced until we said like, and there's only one where we said, okay, are we going to undistance this? And then I was like, yeah, I just got tested for COVID. And, and she's like, yeah, I'd literally see my dog and the person at my work and that's it. So, um, yeah, we're not, we're not just like locking ourselves in a room and not doing anything. Cause like this is, has gone yeah. on a long time, right. but we're not, no. we're not just going out and just doing whatever without considering. It. Right. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you're having the conversations and that's, that's what you need to stress. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we're like, what do we need to do to like sort of keep ourselves sane, but we're not going to take any crazy risks. At the- we're just like weighing each thing, I guess. We've contemplated yeah. hosting a Halloween orgy. Cause like we still haven't done like well, I guess we kind of did the orgy thing at the Swingers Club, but but that was pre pre COVID. Yeah, but, but yeah, but like, but we, if we did that, it would be like with people we've already and been probably seen. just like the like, five or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. with the couple we've seen and maybe a couple, like another couple or something, and have a yeah. Halloween yeah. party. That yeah, no, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that, and I think I, honestly, be, for being open about the kind of thing, because not that it's something to be ashamed of, but I think. A lot of people would be afraid to admit that because there is honestly in this world a little bit of a stigma if you're like, well, we didn't use condoms and people are like, <gasps> and and I think, you know, rightfully so for a lot of cases, but that you were willing to say like, yeah, we didn't use them and now we do and I don't condone it. And I just thank you for being yeah, honest about it. Yeah, we screwed up. It, that's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it. obviously everyone in that moment like consented, but I mean... We were like, we were like, I mean, of course, Matt and I were like, you know, let's probably not do that again, you know? Um, And I think, but yeah, we were, I think we were just so nervous. Like it was like our first times Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, like we just, yeah. if anyone can learn from that, it's just like, no, don't underestimate how overwhelming this stuff can be. And also, it's like, bring your lube you like and your <laughs> condoms. Because I feel like we also ran into situations where we just, like, didn't have a condom or whatever. Yeah, like, we didn't come, like, with that intentionality. Yeah, now I got, like, a condom and, like, a lube packet, like, in my purse at all times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I think that's that's great advice. And and also, if you're, if you're a person who has uh, latex sensitivities or right. lube mm-hmm. sensitivities or any type of thing, 
bring like, your own. Yeah. Bring your own, right? So if you find and carry them everywhere you go, you never know who you're going to meet. But uh, <laughs> but bring your bring your own definitely if you're gonna if you're gonna go meet people because again you don't know what what could happen and right and yeah you, so. But on the again, physical, just, thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, but on the physical and emotional, like I'd say, don't for again advice for anyone who's new or or somewhere else on the, on their journeys, like don't underestimate the physical or emotional toll. Like in the moment, yeah. if you're drinking and you're turned on, our brains are lizards at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. also we'd be like, okay, um, I don't know, like let's probably not do intercourse the next and like let's not to. do <laughs> yeah, and then just like montage of just every possible sex act. So then by after that, like I think the like fourth time or whatever, he was like, okay, so let's maybe not do that, and I was like, you know what's gonna happen, <laughs> like so then we're just yeah. <laughs> Like, be honest with, we had to be honest with ourselves. And like, yeah, if if you haven't done something before, expect, prepare yourself for the worst possible way you could react to it emotionally. Yeah. And then if it doesn't happen, then it's cool. Like, honestly, all the physical stuff together, and even like, after the jealousies when she slept with Jay, and it was sort of a rocky communication, it was like, it's like, it's just sex, and it's not just sex at the same time. Like, and yeah. On one level, it's just sex. On another level, we have these relationships and these agreements we've made and assume like you're going to be really messed up about it. And then you're ready to handle it because, yeah, at least all my mistakes is when I was like, I I have a tendency to want to be Mr. Cool and like, you do whatever you want, babe. Everything's great. Like, I'm Mr. I'm relaxed. I'm chill. I'm Mr. Open Relationship. And then that will bite you in the ass if you like bury your actual feelings. And then you're, where's my shoe? I need my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> good one. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Wow. Like that I mean, was really good. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, thank you both for, for sharing everything with us, for taking us through the journey. And I mean, I don't want to be like, well, you did it all wrong, but like there was a lot of learning experiences. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't think you, lear- we're still learning. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's incredible. And again, like none of it was wrong, right? If you're learning and you're growing and you're you're happy, you seem happy together, you're laughing, yeah. you're you like and not to say that there weren't hard times, but like you're here together and you're powering on and you're making it work and I think we love seeing continuing that. to learn. Yeah. But yeah. it really I mean, that being said too, it like I had thought that like having a loving relationship just wasn't on the table for me. I didn't think I was built for it. Like I thought I was broken or something. Yeah, I felt the same way. And like knowing that you can make your own model or that there is a model if it fits right out there, like that's so huge. Like like we've been going through a lot with like everybody has through this year, this dumpster fire of a year. But like if I didn't have her, like this would be Yeah. You know, and like, and our, our connection and our communication is on a base level so strong, but with, with defining our own relationship, it's put it up to a level that I couldn't even imagine. Like the things, it's funny because it's like the things that you're supposed to feel in these like cheesy movies or whatever, I finally literally actually feel with her, you know, but it doesn't fit the, the like, you know, rom-com narrative at all, (laughs) but it's the same, like. I got a partner in this, like we got this, like, like this, this non-monogamy thing has made me feel that like a hundred percent without like having that little nagging doubt in the back of my head that had always been there before. Like 
is this right? And uh, should I be doing this? Like, I don't know, that girl's kind of hot over there. I don't know. <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. 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 No. no. Awesome. Well, thank you. Again, thank you for sharing. Is there and, any- and for kind of wrapping it up there. I mean, that's a really great way, like, like yeah. you said. And I was, I was going to ask this question earlier of like, what differences have you seen in this relationship that non-monogamy is open, uh, open conversation versus your previous relationships where it wasn't? And I think you just really answered it. Answered yeah, it. pretty much. Because it's also like it seemed like um, before I had the shift to where I because I did actually when I was reading the ethical slut, I like had this moment where I actually felt like monogamy I don't know. I just like, I went through my life thinking that was the norm. And then I had this shift where it was like, oh no, that's just a choice that people make. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that monogamy mindset, like I think you think like your partner sleeping with someone else is going to be like the worst thing ever for whatever reason, you know? And then it's like, oh, well, if you can go do that and like, we're still fine. It's like, then what is there to like, I guess, tear us apart, you know, or whatever. Like it makes you feel strong. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. guess I haven't felt that before because there's been like that threat of like jealousy always looming over. But then when you unpack like jealousy and like what actually like that that chapter in the ethical slut, like where it's like it actually just is trying to tell you something about something you feel like, oh, is it just like you feel feelings of inadequacy it's a sign. or it's such a, and such? Yeah. Like it's just, a, it's just an alarm bell like your brain's giving you. Um, yeah. and then once yeah. you kind of like can unlearn that, it's like, well, and listen yeah, to those alarms so instead stronger. of running from them. Yeah. And just like, what is it trying to, what is jealousy trying to tell me, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, well, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I guess just before we let you go, is there any last things that either one of you wanted to say? You're no. like, this is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel, I feel like we got it. Uh, I feel like we yeah. got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, you can think about it. Good. It's all good, but yeah. I think it's been amazing. And yeah. Th- thank you for sharing it all. And No, you've shared an amazing story. So, for sure. Yeah, with that, I mean, we can let you and us get along with our evenings. This is a late one for us because we don't normally talk to people on the West Coast. So <laughs> oh, yeah. What, wait, what time is it for you? Oh, no, you're oh, on the West Coast, yeah. too. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, the same time for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly the same as for you. Yeah, no, I usually like wind down for bed at like seven. So no, I, f- I feel you. You're up late for <laughs> well, us. Well, thank, you, thank you for staying up with us. We appreciate no, yeah. it. Yeah, no, this is great. I never would. I'm like, this was like his idea to do this. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds terrifying. But I was like, why not? And yeah, I'm very glad I did. <laughs> awesome. Well, so are we. And and uh, I mean, that's a ringing endorsement for anybody else that was terrified to come on the show. We'd love to have you. And <laughs> Yeah, it was not as terrifying as I thought. Just it's so only marginally, <laughs> only marginally terrifying. Yeah, so right. That's what we promised. Marginally terrifying. That's your, that should be your slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, come share your story. Really it's marginally really terrifying. <laughs> awesome. Well, with with that, we will let you go to bed. We're going to go to bed, and we will uh, we'll be in touch. So thank you again. Thank, thank you so Take care. And we're back. Yeah, we are. Wow. I thought you were going to keep talking. No, I thought you were going to keep talking. We should really learn how to do this. Thank you so much, Emily and Matt, for reaching out to us, wanting to share your story and coming out and being vulnerable with us. I know it's not always easy and we appreciate it. And for being fun and lighthearted. Yeah. And for sharing some of the bloopers. And sorry, I didn't edit out that part where I told the really hilarious joke. 
and it took and it took everybody a beat to get it. I left it in because what? Because you? Because I not? can. Because that's the power of editing. Right. Exactly. That's the, it's our show. I guess we can leave anything in. So thank you for uh, allowing me to do that. <laughs> And rolling with it. So back at the beginning, whatever it was, an hour ago, plus <laughs> seven minutes of intro, we talked about our virtual meet and greets. So the virtual meet and greets work as follows. They're open to everybody. They're $10. Go to our website, click on the meet and greet tab, and you will see all of the information of how they work and where to sign up. But basically, we bring everybody together in a giant Zoom call. And then we use the breakout room feature to ask questions and then break you up into smaller groups of two, three, four. And you get to talk about a topic or just talk amongst yourselves and meet people. We've we've gotten some really great feedback on these that people have started really great friendships all over the country. They've been staying in contact. It's really revolutionized the COVID experience for them. Yeah, and it's, they've been really diverse too, which is something is like is amazing to us. Just there's people from all over, of very different backgrounds. It's incredible. Yeah. So if so, you, thank you to everybody who's been joining them. Yes, I, of course, it would be nothing without the, all of you because otherwise it'd just be me and Finn looking at each other and talking. Well, looking at you. <laughs> Staring at you <laughs> intently. So our next virtual meet and greet is November 13th. That's Friday the 13th. It's going to be from 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight. Now, we know that's a little late, but we wanted to give enough time uh, for our West Coasters to get off work. So 10 p.m. Put their kids to sleep. Yeah, 10 p.m. Friday the 13th. Yes. And we also talked uh, quite a bit about Patreon in the beginning, but... Uh, we're not going to rehash it too much, but it is a community of now 120 plus amazing individuals, and it's just fantastic. We have a, a MeWe, an ongoing MeWe chat room where people can support each other. We do the monthly Q and A's. We do the men's and women's group, and you know we're always looking to add new things and find ways to build the community stronger. And honestly, just a huge, gigantic thank you. To all our patrons. Yeah, like the the part of our decision to shift back our focus on the community has been how much we've been loving the Patreon community that everybody has been creating. And yeah, so thank you for supporting the show and supporting the work and supporting the community. And just to say the dates one more time, our next me I'm sorry, our next QA. Ah, uh, you messed it up I this know, time. Is tonight, October 28th. And if you happen to miss it, don't worry. You'll we'll come back and we'll have one in November. Uh, we also have our men's group call coming up tomorrow, October 29th. Again, there'll be another one if you miss that. And the women's group call November 11th. So those are the dates. You can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon tab to see all of the information there. And don't forget to send us emails telling us you love us. And you can also go on the podcast tab and see photos and show notes for each episode that we have. You can indeed. And next week we have another interview, believe it or not. We do, with Scarlett. Yes. Another wild, fun, crazy. <laughs> She's yeah. amazing. She is. And um, definitely living her best life right now. Yes. So come back next week and enjoy uh, enjoy your rest of your Wednesday. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.